Hello and welcome to another episode of Into the Scoobyverse. Um, we have an official name now, which is Hell exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a wonderful art that you will see on your podcatcher for every episode, but it's kind of new to us, um, made by the wonderful Chelsea Rexinger. Uh, so yeah, we are here to talk about more Scooby stuff. Uh, specifically today, we are talking about Velma again. Uh, episodes seven and eight and we are also again talking about mystery incorporated um episodes seven through ten i think yes yeah seven through ten all right um so yeah where do we want to start which one do we want to start with do we want to start with velma or do we want to go into mystery incorporated um i don't know honestly i feel like i could I feel like I have like the same number of things for both, I guess, this week. So Yeah. I like literally just finished watching Velma like less than ten minutes ago, so why don't we start with Velma? Yeah, let's go. And you did a full rewatch too, so I did. I did an entire rewatch because I wanted to see if it was going to hit differently when I was like a lot farther in. Mm-hmm. Um and the answer to that is sort of. Uh, I like. So the first two episodes did hit a little bit differently for me. I was like sort of willing to let more stuff slide once I sort of like knew where it was going, um, which I think is also helpful if I would if I wouldn't have been watching uh, this show for this podcast. Um, I probably would have just waited till the end and watched it all at once. I think it definitely would have been a little bit easier to get through that way. But again, like the worst parts about the show have sort of stuck around. And I think that the worst part at this point is just like the writing, like the one liners. I actually think that the characters are like sort of are pretty interesting, honestly, except for Fred. Um, I don't think Fred is very interesting. And like, I kind of like the direction that they're going with stuff. Um, but yeah, I just like, it feels like every time you start to get the slightest bit invested, it's like, here's a really bad one liner and then mm-hmm. it just sort of all falls apart. And that's actually the exact comment that Tom made too. Cause he watched mm-hmm. the last like five minutes of it with me and he's like, oh, I like really liked the characters, but then it just kept taking me out of it that like, it felt like every 30 seconds they had like a quota that they had to do like a one liner and the yeah. one liner was bad like every time. Yeah, for sure. I'd say like, you know what, um, you know what you were, when you were kind of describing it, it kind of reminds me of, um, in a weird way, it reminds me of like Judd Apatow movies in that like, have you, um, have you heard like how his like writing philosophy is for movies? I'm not sure. Um, why don't you say what it is? Yeah. Yeah. So like briefly, like, and I'm paraphrasing here, but the main idea that he basically was saying is that he doesn't really write comedy. He really just writes a drama and then they just throw in jokes and, like, obviously, I think, like, there's, like, some bangers in Judd Apatow's, like, filmography and there's some duds. But I do think, like, that formula of, like, writing a story that's, like, inherently not trying to go for comedy, which I think is probably, like, the right thing to do, to be honest. But I do think there's this situation of, like, there's some, like, missing, like, comedic situations, I think, to this show. And it yeah. mostly relies on, like the one-liners and the one-liners suck (laughs) like like there's like it's it's just not very funny um but you just get stinker after stinker yeah i think i even made that comment when we were talking about like the first episodes i'm like oh man it's almost like judd apatow but like they don't get what makes judd apatow funny so trying to like Mm -hmm. mimic it and it's like not really working um but yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because the story as it is, I mean, I think that the funny part of the story is this like weird love quadrangle that they have going on. I think that that's like pretty funny, but then they just put this like almost like a filter of like adult animation humor. Like they're kind of trying to do Judd Apatow, they're kind of trying to do Family Guy, and it just like doesn't 
work because I think that in so far as it does work with like family guy humor and stuff the episodes are not really about anything they're just kind of like comedic situation after comedic situation um and like sometimes they have a plot in the loosest sense of the word uh but it doesn't really like travel through episodes in most cases and like when it does, it's usually that they're doing some sort of homage to something. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, with Velma, they are, like, trying to do a mystery, and they're trying to do this, like, romance on the side, and they're trying to do all these different things with it. And when it's just, like, the characters will, like, pull you out of that to give, like, a really unfunny one-liner, then it mm-hmm. just is, like, what are we doing here? Like, what what is the point of this? And I yeah. think that it's, like... It's still trying to do that, like, meta humor thing sometimes, where it's just like, oh, no, we know that this is, like, bad that we're doing this, but we're doing it that way because we're, like, in the know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, maybe you should just make it good (laughs) and, like, be more sincere about it and, like, get rid of this, like, several layers of irony and just go for it. Because, like, I do still like Norville, and I like... uh, I'm starting to like Daphne more as the show goes on. I'm starting to like Velma more, and Fred is, like, too much of a joke character to really like very much. But I like, like, Gigi. I think she's interesting. Yeah, I think, like, ironically, Gigi is so much more likable than, like... I Easily more likable than Velma, even at this point. I was like, wow, I would I would enjoy watching a Gigi episode like just completely by herself. Yeah, that like I feel like also it goes back to the like why Scooby Doo thing is like, man, one of my favorite characters is like an original character that they like wrote in to be Norval's girlfriend and like I don't know what that says about the show. Honestly. And the character that people incorrectly said was Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the one that people incorrectly said was Scooby Doo, and like maybe she still is. Maybe I'm going to accidentally speak this into existence, and it's going to be like she was the killer all along, and actually her name is Scooby, and that like leak was actually like a mistake that wasn't supposed to get out or something. And like we Gigi have been speaking a lot something. of things into existence, so yeah, that's the problem. So I guess I should be more careful because that <laughs> would be kind of a weird ending. I I don't know. She is getting like a little bit too much screen time though, where I'm starting to be like, hmm. I don't yeah, know about she's Gigi. feeling like a bigger player. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, like after episode like, when did they do the? hot girl thing with Velma like episode four or something yeah because I think episode five was the band sleepover so yeah since Mm -hmm. episode like yeah since around there she's been getting a whole lot of screen time yeah uh, that makes me suspicious yeah for sure so I think that she's definitely raised suspicion and I think for sure even with um the fog fest episode episode seven here for this one there's some odd stuff that i think goes on i think on its face it makes sense like there's no like if you just watch the episode at face value like nothing she does is weird um Mm -hmm. but i do think it's there's like this one part at the end where like it's uh, like Norville is looking in the fog and I think mistakes her for like the killer or something like that. Um, yeah, he mistakes her for the like carriage driver, whatever. Yeah, and and it just, I think it's one of those things where it's like, hmm, it just made me raise an eyebrow. And so I'm like, what did she do actually when she was separated from him? Because she left like rightfully so i think on its face for him just making everything about him essentially yeah um you know and being like oh well you need to win the fog queen uh and then they kept doing the the fog king fucking joke uh, oh my god over the course i was of like the entire episode and they just they did that joke like six times <laughs> they that did fog it way king too many sounds times. like fucking and so they just kept saying it and i'm like yeah. okay it wasn't funny the first time and they just literally kept throwing it in there yeah, and this was their real, like, Scooby-Doo, where are you, homage episode, because it was set at the carnival, it had all the fog, it had um, the music and sound effects from Scooby-Doo, where are you, it had the, like, switching doors thing, um, there was some, like, 
art that like sort of like referenced uh some of the opening title stuff yeah um, we had our first chase sequence yeah we had our first chase sequence it took them seven episodes a long mm-hmm. time and we mostly uh, got the crew all together i mean minus scooby but yeah we did we got the crew all together which was pretty neat um god i just had this thought that they're gonna put the brains into a dog and that's going to be Scooby. Oh, no. Mm, I hate that I spoke that into existence because that's almost certainly what they're going to do. Don't like that. Um, I'm saying I've, I've been spending way too much time thinking about this show and, and stuff like that because it's super suspicious also that um, Velma's mom comes back and she's like oh i'll tell you everything and then as soon as they like get out she's like i don't remember um and i think that that's clearly supposed to be like a suspicious thing i did like um i i do love a woods episode though where characters are like in a cabin and going through like the woods um i do wish that episode was like better though because it was like mostly flashbacks while they were like stuck in a cave but mm-hmm. the way that they got stuck in the cave actually wasn't at all interesting. No. <laughs> and it yeah. was just like that's why I was thinking like, <laughs> Yeah, I thought that it would have been like like <laughs> what's weird about it is like this whole episode in general is structured so strangely. Like they have this whole like meta joke that they're doing with like, you know, the flashbacks in that like Oh, it's isn't it weird that when like you do a flashback that it's supposed to be overlapping with another character and then it's supposed to reveal something and you only get that like in context. And so they're like making all of this like meta commentary about flashbacks and the flashbacks themselves in the episode are kind of pointless. Like they could have just told all of this in chronological order and it would have been fine. <laughs> that like yeah. we did not gain much from the flashbacks to be honest um and it, we we didn't get a lot of laughs out of it either so why couldn't we have just told the story in order <laughs> like it's just really weird yeah and like so i think back to like a show that i think does like meta sitcom or like show commentary really well which is community um the first three seasons anyway and like i i just like i think of like the pen episode like annie's pen where it's it's supposed to be a bottle episode abed calls it a, a bottle episode at the beginning of the episode and then like they reference the fact a couple times that they're doing a bottle episode but that doesn't detract from like what the characters are doing which like What's funny about it is they're taking so seriously that Annie, like, lost another pen and they cannot find this pen and they're so mad about it. And it tells you a lot about the characters as the episode goes on. And it has, like, some one-liners, but most of why it's funny is just, like, how seriously they're taking this pen being missing. And it's like, if you look at Velma doing a flashback episode, like... It's almost like they think that the joke is that there are flashbacks, which mm-hmm. isn't actually like a joke, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, for sure. It's just that they like know that flashback episodes happen and that uh, Tarantino likes to do the title cards, you know, like in Reservoir Dogs or whatever. And uh, that like is things that a pop culture person knows and that's yeah. like where it stops and that's not yeah, actually it definitely like, seemed like it seemed like the joke half the time with the flashbacks was that a flashback was starting like that the joke would just be like oh and we're gonna cut to another flashback and you're supposed to be like haha it's another flashback like but it's just not funny <laughs> like because yeah. just within each of the flashbacks there's just not a lot there i think we spend like what a good third of the episode watching fred flirt and then have sex with one of the brains i don't know because we end up finding and in this episode all that there's all the brains, brains. yeah because <laughs> yeah they throw yeah. that in there at the end that apparently they've all hooked up which how did that happen um yeah but so they find out in this episode i guess we should give a slight plot summary <laughs> here uh for if, if if you haven't watched it or if you didn't just finish watching it 
the uh, three brains that they find for all of the victims in there, they're in like these Futurama style jars. And uh, the killer kidnaps Fred and brings him there and just like leaves him in this room. And we don't see the killer after that point. We also have never seen the killer's face, of course, but it is very strongly implied that the killer could be Velma's mom um, based on just there's nobody else around um, the killer's Mm -hmm. lair. Um, And then all of a sudden we just have Velma's mom appear um, as she's saving Fred um, from the room or whatever, or as Fred is trying to save Velma uh, from falling in this room or whatever. Um, but yeah, there, we spend so much of the episode, I think doing that. And then I think we just waste time by having all of the characters just honestly watch unfunny and uninteresting things that lead to them falling down this cliff and getting stuck. And then all of a sudden their problem is solved when they all have this like mild dilemma of deciding who they want to kill, which doesn't make any sense. And it did like, uh, I didn't understand that, that scene at all. Like it was so weird that it was like, it's set up like it's supposed to be a joke, but it doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just, they just kind of imply that they're going to kill one of them. And then they're like, well, who should we kill? And then the problem resolves itself anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, if you're going to depend on like that much on one-liners, like they've got to be fucking funny. <laughs> like, if you're not gonna do yeah. like the comedic situation, and like I think that they thought that the like, oh, they have to crush one of them to death was the comedic situation, but that was approximately 15 seconds long before they just like got out of it. So I'm like, I'm counting that as another yeah. like, one-liner. Um, I guess you could also say that it's them, like, blaming each other, but that's really, like, a structure for the flashbacks where they do practically nothing but argue in every single flashback, Mm -hmm. and Velma has this, like, preoccupation where at one point Daphne was, like, obsessed with someone, and you find out that it was Gigi, um, and that sort of doesn't go anywhere unless, like we are going to find out that Gigi is the killer and then they have to put her brain in a dog or something like that. I don't know. Um, But yeah, it's just like the show is just so deeply unfunny and that's like so much of the problem. Yeah. Like I think the show genuinely like if if this show, if even if they just tried, I think not to be funny. I think this show would just play a little bit better in my mind. Like, just cut yeah, out so many of sure. the one-liners. I think if this show was just played a lot more straight, uh, I think, like, it would just be funnier. Yeah. And I do also think this is probably something that um, is hard to do in animation, I think, sometimes. Because unless you are... Unless you're working on, like, a like a South Park kind of animation style where like you can just do whatever and then crap out some animation over the course of like eight hours and then you have the episode. Like this show clearly has more animation work going into it. So it has to be kind of written, but like there's a real lack of like organic, I think comedy in this. Like it it feels extremely scripted. Um, And like, I just don't think that that like bodes well for like, anybody's styles in this show like all of their like there's not a lot of like comedy to bounce off of it doesn't feel like a lot of jokes are improv over the course of this show at all like it just feels like everything is just a scripted one-liner um it it feels very like snl like skit writing stuff but like the funniest shit on snl is when like somebody like breaks character right like the funniest shit on snl is when there's like a moment when somebody's doing the skit where it goes in a different direction and like you just lose a lot of that magic i think in the show Hmm. yeah for sure because like these are all people that i think are genuinely like pretty funny like i i like it i like everyone that they've cast on this show like i like len howerton and mindy kaling and uh constance Wu and sam richardson i think sam richardson does the best job of any of them with like 
you know, what he's given. Um, I think mm-hmm, Norville's also sure. just, like, the most interesting character, and they don't put a lot of, like, comedic one-liner weight on him, um, which mm-hmm. I think is probably good, uh, because I think that he's, like, a lot of fun and doesn't need that sort of, like, snide humor that they give everyone on the show which like really doesn't help either that they give everyone almost like the same voice like they're all telling the same joke Mm -hmm. and one it feels super dated which we've said before and also it's like why why aren't these characters like different from one another they're all just like vaguely mean and then there's normal Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think i I have a question for you since you did a full rewatch i just watched the last two episodes um to stay up with it but was there anything that you kind of noticed differently with any kinds of clues or anything that they've kind of left for the overarching mystery for this anything even with um velma's mom or anything that you kind of noticed i was like trying to pay attention to that a little bit more um, full disclosure, I was watching it while running a fever, so I probably was not the most observant. Um, but, like, not really, I guess. Um, I, like, it felt like the stuff that I noticed as it was coming up, I kind of, like, noticed the same now. There are some, like, things that I still have questions about that I guess I didn't, like remember as clearly like they have the thing going on with like the cockroaches and um they have uh like i don't think we've opened the present yet that velma's mom has left her um no yeah she said she wanted to wait until she found her mom i guess we're gonna do that next episode yeah i guess we're gonna open that pretty soon here um there's like some things i have like questions about that rewatching. i was like hmm i wonder if that's gonna like go anywhere um presumably it is but um yeah, I just don't feel like there were a ton of clues, and maybe I'm going to, like, you know, um, eat my words. Like, if we watch the next episode, it's like, whoa, there were clues everywhere. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I just I didn't feel like there was that much to go on, like, especially, like, I thought of, like, episode three and four, where I think that the complaint that we made was that there wasn't really much to go on in terms of the mystery. I was kind of thinking of that rewatching them. And I was like, yeah, there's not really much here unless I'm like missing it. Um, so yeah, I think in the beginning was just super light on the mystery and they're sort of like packing it in the back half of the show, uh, which yeah. I think is like sort of unfortunate. Um, I did find myself thinking of the movie turning red a lot, actually while watching the show. Um, mm. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes they're like almost like leaning in that direction especially with Velma being like so awkward and this being like a coming of age story for her and stuff like they're like Velma's like really weird and doesn't really have a handle on stuff but she thinks that she's smarter than she is um and that is like really similar to me in some ways to like turning red um which I do think is like a very funny movie about like um well I guess pre-teens and and like going into teenagers and turning red they're a little bit older in this show but i'm like i wish that we just like did that a little bit more where we let velma just instead of like relying so much on like one-liners and like gross out like gratuitous violence and stuff like that we just like let her navigate these like awkward crushes that she has and like the weird things that she does to like get Fred's attention or Daphne's attention or like Mm -hmm. how she's really awkward with Norval and sort of like is shutting him down at every moment. So I think that that would like legitimately be funny and would feel more like Scooby-Doo than just like what if family guy humor in this like coming of age story. Also, Mm -hmm. there's a mystery and it's Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they do like a cutaway gag? Was that in episode seven or was that in episode eight? I feel like I remember a cutaway gag. I think it was episode seven. I'm trying to remember. Watching them all at once sort of blended them out in my brain a little bit. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it was episode seven. They did a cutaway get- gag at some point. I remember it like caught me completely off guard that I was like, oh, okay, we're doing a cutaway gag now. But I, I genuinely like can't even remember what the gag was. 
I'm like, what did they even do? It was something with Gigi, I think. It was when they were up in that thing about to fall. They do a cutaway gag at some point. Or no, 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 no. It's they do the cutaway gag when um, it is in episode eight. I knew it was with Gigi. When uh, Norval says that he has never gotten a hint from Gigi that uh, that she wanted him to go to their cabin. They do the cutaway gag where she keeps like hinting at going to the cabin. And then finally at the end, she's just like, Norval, come with me to my cabin. And then it cuts back <laughs> and he's like, you never said anything. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there was like another one in there too. That Now that you say that, I do remember that one. And I'm like, I don't even yeah. think that was the one I was I, thinking of. Yeah, I think that there was one in episode seven. I feel like it was also a Gigi or at least probably like in the part where they're like up in that ride. Uh, more Velma is disguised as a man, which that was weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or she's Manny. And, she's Manny. Uh, and people listen to her because she's a man. And yeah, that that is really like the humor feels at least 15 years old. It's like, like so on the <laughs> nose. Like, like I, I get that. Like we're trying to go for like this observant commentary humor, but it's like, it's just the weakest way of doing it. What if we took a female character who says one thing at one time in the episode, then we, we, we make her dress like a man and go by Manny and then people will listen to her. This is the comedy of the episode. Yeah, and that feels like something Stan would do on American Dad, which is not a compliment, where, like, Stan would, like, learn about sexism because he, like, like, Haley dresses up as a man and he finally listens to her and he, like, realizes something about how yeah. we, like, treat women. And yeah. it's like, no, it's we It's like a totally recycled storyline. I yeah. think this is, that, that, that you just, you just totally, like, nailed exactly what I was trying to put my finger on, of, like, this idea of recycling, like, plots that are, like, inherently, like, for men, like they have like these stories where there's like men who dress up as women and then they learn about what it's like to be a woman, right? Just all these things. And it's like you can't do it the other way and then go like, oh, we did the thing. Like it just it's like this weird like aren't we being progressive because we made this this same plot but now yeah. it's a woman at the center of it? And I'm like, no, you didn't. You just did the same thing and it's still yeah. problematic. We recognize the most basic forms of sexism and made a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, no, it's it's not progressive. It's the same shit. Yeah. Yeah, they're just like, they're not adding anything. They're just like observing a thing like that people tend to listen to men more. And that's about it. That's like, hey, funny how that happens. It's like, thanks. Thanks for yeah. that, I guess. <laughs> like cool yeah and it's like and especially because like you know mindy had talked about with the show she's like oh it's like you know we're going to see um this character who's like this genius sort of told from the perspective of like a southeast asian teenager mm -hmm. um which is cool and interesting, but it doesn't actually feel like that in practice. It feels like recycled adult animation jokes, and also the mystery, uh, mystery incorporated are all like vaguely entangled in this romantic whatever. Um, which is the part that I do like. I think that, again, I think that that's funny. Uh, but yeah. I, but it like is so deeply interrupted by. Um, by these one-liners that are just not funny and i think just about everyone who has watched the show has agreed is not funny and i and do think it super has gotten random ultra-violent jokes for some reason yeah we've like at least we haven't seen any like you know limb removals in this one we saw some like brains in jars and like they talked about like crushing each other to death but it wasn't like the worst 
Um, I feel like we sound so prudish when we talk about this show, <laughs> but it really is so unearned. It's like, I don't mind like gratuitous violence if it's like earned, if it adds something, but it's yeah. just like the one-liners. It's not adding anything. It's detracting from the show and yeah. the part that is like interesting and good, which is, I think, like a sincere heart to the show. Yeah, for sure. And I do think, I mean, I totally agree with you. I think the, like, love quadrangle is actually working pretty well for me, especially with the, like, the interesting story that they kind of have going on with Norville, like, seemingly getting over Velma, and Velma seemingly getting over, like, this idea of Norville having a crush on her. Um, but then they both are kind of questioning themselves um, in the episodes since uh, Norville and Gigi kind of got together with Gigi calling Norville out saying like you have not gotten over Velma um, and all of that stuff. And I'm like, I think that's fairly compelling. I mean, I think that this is all just like teen drama stuff, right? Like, and this is stuff that I think works pretty well here and I think was part of the original like premise of this show. It definitely is like, the core of it, I think, is there I, of just like what was originally proposed. It's just we got all this layer of shit. <laughs> yeah, I feel like like if if Charlie Grady called me up tomorrow, it's like, Fiona, you're in charge of season two of Velma. What are you going to do? I feel like what I would do is I would sort of like make it a pup named Scooby-Doo, but like for teenagers and, like, you can keep, like, the swearing and stuff. I think that that's all very sincere to it. Um, but I would, like, play with the archetypes and just, like, put them, like, focus on making, like, the situations funny while, like, keeping, like, the character and plot development and such. Um, and giving them, like, a mystery to solve that they don't just, like, sit around on until, like, the last half of the season. Um, but just, like, using it as, like, you know... Like, modernizing it, um, but, like, making it more sincere, and I think that that is part of the thing, is that Scooby-Doo, I think, when it's at his best, is pretty sincere, and they're not like, ha ha ha, you need, like, this family guy humor to get through this Scooby-Doo show, don't you? Um, because I think that most people, like, don't need that or if you look at like uh you know the live action scooby-doo movies i think that there's like this very sincere heart to it yeah even if for like sure. at times it's like a little bit cynical a little bit poking fun at itself yeah um, but it's poking fun at itself from like an in-group place where it's like isn't sure. scrappy kind of like a weird like idea that we don't <laughs> really need and it's like yeah actually that is funny um instead of being like oh don't you think that like the premise of scooby-doo is like kind of dumb and it's like no i actually don't yeah. think that <laughs> i also hate the the fact that we brought the mystery machine in um yeah especially for a show that was like oh it's fred's sex van and yeah, the intro fred's monologue <laughs> like i don't know man it's gonna sound like i am i have one fucking thing that gets, grinds my gears about this show and it was that intro monologue where i'm like this is so poorly written and just frustrating like this is basically trying to set the tone for the entire series and it seems like we're like not sticking to it because now in episode eight we're like trying to have like these homages to scooby-doo and all of that stuff mm -hmm. now like this is like episodes seven and eight i would say in general are like the most wink wink nod nod for scooby-doo fans like yeah. episode seven of course being like super indebted to like scooby-doo where are you as we've mentioned but in episode eight you get the mystery machine makes its first appearance um with Velma's mom like finding this van which it's not painted when i say that the mystery machine is here it's just a white van um yeah they call moment. it a mystery jalopy yeah, and um, they drive it out of this um, underground system or whatever connected to the crystal mines. Yeah. Um, and so it makes its appearance there. They do that, and then they've been making all of their Jinkies references and the Scooby reference and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, 
I don't know, for a show that very much, like, I think came out of the gate and was like, fuck everything you know about Scooby-Doo, this is new shit. And now for them to be like, well, we also love Scooby-Doo, ooh, ooh. It just feels weird. <laughs> like, it just... It really is. And, like... <sighs> And again, it's like they're committing to a bit that's not very funny because at the beginning they're like, oh, like, you know, we make the first episodes more violent and sexier because that's what shows do. And it's like, just like, don't like, <laughs> I think it would have been it's better. Like, I don't know. You could just do didn't. like, yeah, you could just do like a genuinely like heartwarming, but also slightly more adult tone Scooby-Doo. And that's viewed totally fine yeah like, you don't you don't need this like super edgy uh kind of tinge to it yeah and like so i kind of like wonder like if they're doing the almost like um seth mcfarlane style um like humor uh to like appeal to millennials that they think are gonna like watch the show um Cause like again, like this last episode with the like Crystal Mountain and it's like Mount Rushmore, but with Billy Crystal, I'm just like, who is this for? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even I... catch that joke. I must have yeah. just ignored it entirely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why it's like Crystal Mountain. It's like it has like Billy Crystal carved into the facade of it. And just to like, clarify, I am not laughing because that joke is funny. I'm laughing because it makes no sense. Like, why is it in this show? <laughs> I know it's like because that's the one thing that the killer has on his phone is a photo that they accidentally took of Crystal Mountain, which is how they know that they need to go there. Um, <laughs> and it's just like it's Crystal Mountain because it's a mountain, but like R Mount Rushmore style, just Billy Crystal. And again, it's like this is the Don Lemon thing all over again. It's like what is <laughs> what does that mean? Because <laughs> oh it's already gosh. like it's already Crystal Cove. Because of crystal caves. And then also there's a mountain that has Billy Crystal's face on it. And it's like, oh, is this like gosh. for millennials? Like, do other millennials like really love Billy Crystal? Is this just like, they thought it would be funny to include like, that actually there's Billy Crystal like carved into this mountain because of like, who workshopped that? Like... <laughs> <laughs> like, tweet at us that. and tell us that you all love Billy Crystal and Billy Crystal references. Yeah, if you if you listen to this episode, you can uh, tweet at Scoobyverse Pod um, about how much you love Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we said that in a Void Fair episode in one of our first uh, retrospectives for a season, and everyone I think we said to like tweet banana or something, and every once in a while we will get like a banana tweet and be like what on earth <laughs> until we remember that we told people to do that um so maybe when the show gets really popular we'll just be flooded in the mentions of like billy crystal fan accounts but yeah i just i'm just like it's just not very funny no not at all yeah like my like script doctor for this show again is like focus more on the mystery take out all the one-liners and just like make the situations like 10% funnier while like not trying to make them like super political because like the show like it's just not very good at it. I'm not even saying that cuz I'm like oh I don't want politics in my show culture war or whatever. Um but it's just like it feels so dated and that's the problem I think that a lot of people like have been finding with trying to do like cutting edge political comedy is one it's very hard to do satire and like uh, do it effectively yeah but also sure. like it feels like it just feels very like passe almost as soon as it comes out it feels like too old and this show especially because i really do feel like the jokes are like at least 10 15 years old in it yeah the humor in this show feels extremely dated i think the the thing that's odd about this and i do think this is kind of a good transition here to be honest is that this show i think struggles to find humor 
in like the situations and i think like a lot of the humor doesn't actually come from the characters themselves it kind of comes from this joke that has clearly been pitched in the writer's room or something like that where they're like that's a funny thing for someone to say let's put that in the script it doesn't matter who says it um, because all of our characters talk the exact same way and the exact opposite thing happens in mystery incorporated where so much of the humor is is driven by the characters themselves reacting to things just as they already would be doing and there's so much humor just in that yeah of reacting to things in character yeah and like it just like it also just takes the concept of the scooby-doo characters and the things that are funny about them and just like is like hey that's kind of silly isn't it and it's like yeah that is a little silly (laughs) exactly Um, like fred's thing with traps like yeah it is actually kind of funny that fred like always has this elaborate like rube goldberg trap and it (laughs) doesn't ever feel like they're making fun of fred for that they're just like letting that be kind of a funny thing about him that he just is like really obsessed with making traps and that's just like how he's characterized and that's fine we love him for it (laughs) yeah it's like uh like characters can be like irritated with like your obsession with something but it's not like they're like oh you're so stupid for that. It's yeah. like hey I'm irritated in the in the way that it's like hey you are more concerned about your trap failing than about me being captured. You know what I mean yeah. like it's not that fuck you and what you like kind of thing which is kind of the approach that i think characters take in velma where it's like Mm -hmm. the thing that you're you care about is unimportant except for daphne's thing um which i think daphne's storyline has gotten a lot better in velma um yeah but yeah it's um yeah there's a lot of humor i think that i've been like episode seven in mystery incorporate if there's one episode you watch of this show let it be episode seven of mystery incorporated um the fucking hex girls the make hex a reappearance episode, yeah and the that's too like they clearly are in the know because that was before you saw hex girl everything a hot topic this show came out like 10 years ago and mm-hmm. like you know they were on it that they knew that like scooby-doo and the witch's ghost and like those four movies are like what people like about scooby-doo they're like almost like the canonical scooby-doo in some ways and they're like fuck it let's bring back the hex girls all the original voice actors they're going to do their big songs they're going to do some original ones and it's just gonna be fun and good and they did and it was awesome and it was like a lot of fun it's such a great episode it's like a terrible mystery but i think it's fine like the the rest of the episode makes up for it like it's probably like the weakest (laughs) mystery they do this season other than the crab Uh, crab (laughs) um which i was like i was like what the (laughs) fuck is this mystery like they just really forced it but it's okay the rest of the episode is fantastic you get just some great stuff with daphne and fred daphne does a song uh such a and and fred oh my god fred the biggest laughs in the episode all belong to fred yeah Um, or they are related to fred in this episode like i was in tears crying watching this episode and i've seen these clips that's the funny thing i've Mm -hmm. seen the clips from this episode because they are memed like all over the place of like i'm a guy no more (laughs) i'm a guy no more i'm a guy no more (laughs) and then just fred's like i have feelings now (laughs) this was like this episode was actually the first time i had ever heard of mystery incorporated um because some girls in my dorm when I was in college would watch it as it was coming out. And this episode, they all like told us about. They were like, oh, and then Fred keeps like talking about how he doesn't have feelings and we're like kind of obsessed with this show now and stuff like that. And I was like, what the fuck is this show? And I always took it as like, oh, that sounds really like bad and dumb until I saw it was on HBO and on a whim started watching it last year. And I'm like, oh, no. I love this show. This show yeah, this, is fantastic. This show's, this show's a banger. And episode seven in particular, banger. Yeah. Yeah, I love that episode. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, you get you get like three songs in this episode and they're all mm-hmm. like pretty pretty enjoyable songs. Yeah. Um 
yeah, you get like just some hilarious stuff with Fred. I think one of my favorite laughs early on in the episode, and I sent this to you, um, mm-hmm. was Scooby uh, trying to console Fred, being like, <laughs> Freddy, you're a special boy. And it's just like the weirdest thing. I was like, why did Scooby sing that? Like, I don't I don't know why this is happening. <laughs> it was so funny. It just caught me so off guard. <laughs> and I'm like, again, yeah. it's like one of these things where it's not a one-liner. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. there's no one-liner there. It's just like Scooby genuinely trying to like soothe fred but he does it in a weird way and so it's just funny uh, and i'm like i love it so very much there is some huge laughs in this episode and i just absolutely fantastic um yeah just is 10 out of 10 the, episode is this the one where fred starts like talking about them as if they're in a polycule too or is that an earlier one i think that's in i think that's in another one i think that might be episode like 10 it could have been in that episode too though because i feel like fred does it a few times where yeah. he says like oh well you don't have to worry about that we all love each other like yeah, we're you have all, to, like we, we're we, all we, we all have the love yeah that yeah. he basically implies that they're in a polycule because um, i think he does it again episode 10 the reason why i was thinking of that one explicitly is because in that episode um things kind of come to a head with shaggy uh, Velma and Scooby with uh, Shaggy eventually telling Velma that he's not ready for a girlfriend right now. Mm. And um, and she's like, what? I can't believe you would choose a dog over me. That's the worst news a girl can hear, which is a really stupid line. But mm-hmm. um, And then right after that, you have Fred where he's just like, well, I'm glad we got all that resolved, basically. And like, <laughs> in that same episode, I think he also says something to the effect of like, well, we all love each other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say that going back and watching it and just like thinking about our earlier conversations, I'm not the most impressed with the portrayal of Daphne and Velma still. Um, yeah. To my recollection, it does get better as the show progresses. Um, but there were some episodes, and I meant to like watch them again to check, but there were, I think, like one or two episodes in there where I was like, man, does this episode pass the Bechdel test? <laughs> Which <laughs> just like mm-hmm. not something I super want to think about. And the Bechdel test, if you don't know, is uh, there's two um, female characters in a scene talking about something other than like a guy. That's it. That's the test. And it like is I feel like people pass it more now because people do it like people like write stuff with that in mind, which I think is good. But it was sort of amazing, like looking at particularly like 2000s and 90s media, like how many things could not pass that simple test. Right. Um, It doesn't mean that everything has to pass it in order to be good. Um, But it definitely feels like on Mystery Incorporated, like you're not having um, Fred and Shaggy talk to each other only about the girls in their group. They're talking about like the mystery and stuff like that. Or you have like maybe Fred talks to Velma about the mystery or talks to Daphne about traps or like, you know, whatever. Um, that maybe I'm wrong, but there were like one or two times there where I was like, huh, I don't know that Daphne and Velma actually talk to each other about something other than fred and shaggy which like they have an obvious thing to talk about which is the mystery (laughs) yeah yeah i think most of the time when they have an aside um it is about fred and shaggy which i mean i'm not blown away by either i think i've also voiced my uh, lack of interest and i think both of their characterizations um with the exception of i did like Daphne in the Hex Girls episode. I liked what they did with yeah. her. Of yeah, that, she was they fun. they took her in um, the the setup that they give you when they start it is that like she's going to be used as bait, which is typical Daphne shit. Um, and then she's like, oh well, like I want to like 
be a part of the Hex Girls then. And then she gets like her whole like song and it's very dramatic. And she's like, you know, venting out her frustration over Fred and everything. And I just think that was very cool. Um, Of course, it's all still very centered on like this like romance and everything. But I did like it a little bit more than just her like being like, friend, please, like all the Mm -hmm. time. Um, So I'm like, that's certainly more interesting, I think. And just, like, nothing. Velma, unfortunately, is kind of, mm, I don't know, like, fallen in this snarky, like, smartass kind of realm, which I think she always kind of does in, yeah. in different versions of the show. Like, I don't think that that's, like, untrue to Velma necessarily. But I do think, like, it's like Velma, it, there's, like, very little joy I think Velma has in this show. Like, I think, like, Velma's usually having a bad time in this show. Yeah. Yeah, she really does. Um, She's not the happiest character (laughs) by any means. She's usually deeply frustrated by whatever is going on. Um, I don't think that that aspect of her changes too much in my recollection of, like, the series. Um. But I think that she becomes more three-dimensional as stuff goes, and she starts getting her own goals and starts being more interesting that way. Um, Sure. We do have a big Daphne episode coming up uh, next episode. Hell Um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, looking ahead, there's some episodes that I find really interesting, Um, at least partially because my favorite... Uh, short story writers featured in one of them but anyway that's getting sort of off topic um i did like the renaissance fair one i was like someone on this writing staff goes to renaissance fairs (laughs) like there was a very deep disdain for people who dress as pirates at renaissance fairs no shit that is such a thing so i've worked for (laughs) renaissance fairs a couple times that is such a thing people will get so up their own ass over like extremely common things that people will wear that aren't period accurate and i'm like we have fairies like i don't know why you're upset about pirates or the occasional person who comes dressed as like starfleet and acts like they're like you know they've been dropped into a different time or whatever i'm like all of this is anachronistic none of this is actually period accurate but that is legitimately such a thing with like Rennies is like their insistence that everything is period period accurate and should be period accurate. Um, so I appreciated that. I was like, they know what's up. They know, they know this extremely <laughs> bad fight that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, I liked that episode. The uh, the mystery in episode nine was extremely obvious. Um, yeah. with the battle of the humongonauts. Um, oh they my just, god, yeah. They give Literal you entirely billboard. too many hints. <laughs> like, it's way too many hints in that episode. Like, <laughs> remember when I was saying earlier, uh, <laughs> when I was like, oh, there's rarely episodes of Scooby-Doo, um, especially, like, the older seasons of Scooby-Doo, where, like, I can figure out who did it because there's just not that many hints if you're mm-hmm. watching it. Yeah, yeah, this one, no. If you don't get the mystery in episode nine, I don't know what to tell you because yeah. <laughs> the the clues are just abundant in this episode like it's not just one you get the hint like six times and the characters even like like suggest at the hint and then don't realize the hint and we as the audience are just like okay i guess they won't figure it out yet and we're just waiting for the crew to figure it out which is so abnormal i think for them yeah they got like bad feedback about that man crab episode <laughs> and then they're like, okay, we got to make this more obvious. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we want people to feel like they can figure out the mystery. So let's make it extremely obvious. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm like, you can't do it. It's it's like the oldest like mystery thing in the book. Like if there's ever an insurance person that's introduced, you're like, that's the person. Like yeah. it's the clearest motivation ever is like for the insurance money. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's the most clear motivation for anyone in any mystery ever. Um, yeah. So it's just like, okay, when are we going to get this figured out? And of course, this is a kid's show, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it's it's supposed to be like your first mystery of those kinds of things and i think in that way sure uh they make it so that it's fun for the kids to be able to follow along and figure out the mystery but for Mm -hmm. those of us who have been watching this shit our whole lives (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then in episode 10 we get some overarching plot uh stuff we meet uh the character professor pericles um the talking parrots which is exciting. We find out a little bit more about the original Mystery Incorporated. Yeah, I will have to rewatch that scene, actually, I think. Because um, I remember that scene, like, caught me completely off guard. I was like, what the hell? Um, it, like, it comes out of nowhere because in the context of the episode, I think right before this scooby gets arrested yeah like this entire episode so it's called like attack of the fright hounds or something and the whole episode is built around the gang having to go to an animal jail so they can meet (laughs) professor pericles but it's like they have a robot scooby and of course they don't believe that there's a robot scooby like the adults in the town so they just arrest regular scooby and they're going to visit Scooby in jail and get sidetracked by the most dangerous criminal in there. His brain is the size of a cashew, but don't let that fool you. He's smarter than, like, everyone. Um, Professor Pericles, who is the talking animal for the original Mystery Incorporated. Um, but, yeah, that is what the whole episode is about, is getting us to that one scene. <laughs> yeah. Which it, it it threw me for a loop because like at first I was like oh okay like that's the like biggest thing in this episode is oh shit Scooby went to jail <laughs> and like that whole <laughs> that whole scene of him getting arrested was funny to me too and I was just yeah. like Scooby is black y'all can't tell me anything I'm like Scooby is black <laughs> it's like <laughs> you just watch that scene and I'm like Scooby's black okay that's that's all I know. All I know in my heart of hearts is that Scooby-Doo is black. Okay. I know he's a dog, but he's black. (laughs) So then we get that scene of Professor Pericles, and he's just, I don't know, just like kind of vague, of course. I mean, it's a mystery. Where he's like, watch the people close to you, I think is like the big clue that he gives them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he... uh, he just like shows off that he's really smart. And they also do like the most like classic like Professor X thing where he's like locked away like in the middle of this like huge room and closed off from the rest of the prisoners and stuff. So mm-hmm. um you know, it's all very dramatic and it's also like Silence of the Lambsy a little bit. Um, yeah. With what they do with him. But Yeah. Yeah, Professor Pericles is an interesting one. Um yeah, the whole, like, original Mystery Inc. thing, it really does sort of, like, trickle out very slowly with them learning different things. And Professor Pericles, yeah, it really is so much, like, like I said, really the whole episode is about that one singular scene and sort of, like, letting you progress in the show. But yeah. Yeah, we had to we had to frame Scooby, and then we get some fun Terminator uh, jokes in there. Yeah, yeah, we get some good uh, robot dog terminator scooby jokes i did think this episode was pretty hilarious to me though like i said the whole sequence of scooby getting arrested i love how everybody was logicking it out with the sheriff Mm -hmm. and he's like nope still gonna arrest this dog (laughs) 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 and like put scooby in the back of the cop car which i think is just a funny visual (laughs) yeah yeah, and again, this show, like, it's not afraid to play with, like, the Scooby characters in ways that they wouldn't be played with in, like, um, Scooby-Doo, where are you? Like having the big overarching mystery or just being like, oh, there's a robot Scooby that people think 
is regular Scooby and we're going to arrest him and we have to go to animal jail in order to see him. Um, because of course we do. Yeah, because of course we do. And I'm like, man, that's just like kind of a funny, goofy thing. Maybe like Velma should do <laughs> stuff more like that. Um, that's part of what I really like about Mystery Incorporated is like, it just legitimately has good like funny situations and good like in situations like with the hex girls um or like or even like exploring the uh the sort of like original aspects of this world that this show has brought like the fact that the um adults all have decided that like their economy is based on tourism based on the fact that the town is haunted and that's why they like don't want to uh they don't want to solve any mysteries because they want the town to be haunted to increase tourism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and I, I think that that's just like I don't know. It's kind of repetitive when you see it episode after episode. I think like as most people probably would watch this show if when it's coming on TV, right, or with refunds or something, it wouldn't be mm-hmm. as repetitive but like every episode fred's dad shows up and says the same thing uh you know just like oh well i hope i can get their business card and you better not Mm. go and mess this up fred and he's really just telling him not to solve the mystery um and the end it's this it's the same thing he does every episode um like he he pretty much just has that one thing (laughs) um which is fine i mean you know for this kind of like kind of show you know monster of the week kind of thing it's we yeah. got it from here. You kids don't need to solve the mystery. And then, of course, they inevitably will. <laughs> yeah, I do think that we are starting to get to the point where there is like a turning point in the show. Um, I like I watch everything all at once. So it's so hard for me to remember where exactly like stuff happens. Um, but I do think we are getting close to some. Just some more interesting stuff than like the monster of the week style thing. Um, the show is only two seasons, uh, but I think that like it's almost like it reminds me of like Gravity Falls in some ways, where like it starts out very monster of the week, and by the end you're like way into the world and doing like all sorts of stuff with that. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. As am I. I'm ready to see mm-hmm. where it goes and to see where this overarching mystery kind of goes. And yeah, I do I have a theory. The yeah, I have a theory. I think we obviously we've we've obviously had this whole hint here, but I think that the next big reveal that we're gonna get is probably gonna be our radio DJ. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. I can't remember what episode she makes an appearance, but it's like a very brief appearance in just like literally one one. of these episodes. No. Oh, oh, makes another appearance. No, no, no. It's like, it's one of the ones that we just watched for this like recent batch. It wasn't episode seven. I think that was fully like invested with the hex girl nonsense. I can't remember. Was it? I think it it was the it was the Humongonauts episode nine. It wasn't the fair, yeah. It, I think it was that one. Because she's playing the song on the radio that the singer was singing. Yes, yes. So, and then she just makes like the briefest of appearances, and I keep forgetting that that character exists or that they hang out at the radio station. <laughs> um, yeah, you know the classic Scooby Doo thing where they yeah, hang out at the radio station. Well, you know that that thing that we all know that the Mystery Inc. does. They just hang yeah. out at a radio station. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, she makes that one appearance, and then literally the next episode. Then we get Pericles doing the watch who's close to you thing. And I'm like, I think that's probably what he's referring to. If not, I guess it would be his dad, which kind of makes sense, too. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll just get something interesting with his dad. Where, of course, his dad could be saying, don't solve the mystery because I used to solve mysteries. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. There you go. Those right. are my two running theories. I like these theories. And I guess we will find out more about them when we continue to watch uh, Mystery Incorporated and also Velma. <laughs> We're getting Hell into yeah. the last bits of Velma. The last two episodes are, are yeah. uh, this week. Yeah. 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 We're almost done with Velma. And then you had something you wanted to watch um, right after we finished Velma, right? 
Yes, uh, I was talking about watching um, The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis, um, which we don't have to do right away, but I would like to do at some point. And uh, Scooby-Doo fans are like, that's not a Scooby-Doo thing. Correct. It's not. Um, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's like a early '60s show um, that they based uh, the characters on. Um, this was like sort of their inspiration when they were making their character bible was the many lives of uh, Dobie Gillis. And uh, if you look just like at the cast photos, you can super tell who's supposed to be who because they uh, pretty directly ripped off these characters. Uh, which is fantastic. And we don't have to watch the whole thing even, but I think just like some selected episodes and like give our thoughts on like what they were thinking and stuff would be fun. Now we're watching the whole thing for anybody who thing. wants to know. That is um, well over a hundred episodes. Yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're going to do episodes uh, one through 50 on our next episode. <laughs> Hope you're ready. We have like Five days to do this. <laughs> it's ten episodes a day. That's not too bad. Um, but yeah, um, I'm excited. I also, I also really want to get into the, uh, of course, the classic like uh, direct-to-video Scooby-Doo movies that sort of restarted the '90s Scooby Renaissance. And also, we need to watch the other live-action movies. There's four other live-action movies we haven't watched. Yes, there are. Yeah, um, and three of those four I have not seen, so I'm ready for it. And I think I've seen like two of them, so yeah, I'm yeah. ready. I'm excited. Should be some good stuff. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be talking about the Scooby Doo Pinball Machine coming up as well. Um, mm -hmm. And I think for that one, it would probably be fun. Um, what we might do is just like record something and like slot it in where it seems to make sense so we don't have it like four months out from the machine coming out and we can make it an episode like just about the machine um so yeah keep an eye out for that as well hell yeah yeah but i think uh with that we will see you all next time as we go deeper into the scooby verse and we get the finale of velma the finale of Velma. I am ready to be done with this show. <laughs> <laughs> Until right. season two, and then we have Until to do it all over two. again. Well, I mean, Charlie Grady has been listening to this to this podcast, so I'm excited what he's coming up with for season two now that we've fed him our notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, bye. Bye. Series FMS 108, you are a go for talking approach. Copy that, series. Velocity matched. Jack, what the hell is this? Apparently, a contract has been sold to yet another shell company for Valkyrie. We can't expect to progress in any organization if we don't put in the work. <laughs> I think you got a little brown on your nose. Oh, fuck off, Cameron. Memory desync detected. So you both go check and see what's going on. I'm gonna pull up the log. Something really fucked up here. Gallagher, Gallagher, are you there? Yes, I'm. I'm here. All that data—it's probably the key to getting out of here. Collision course detected. Oh Jesus Christ! Make another sanity check. Oh, that's bad. Oh no! What the fuck? Back the ship, y'all. Back the ship, y'all. Back the ship, y'all. Fables around the table. Continuum. Playing Mothership, Episode One, May 24th.